the Department of Health could pick and choose which New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down. Um, and that meant they could lock you down in your home or they could have removed you from your home and put you into a facility of their choosing. Um, they did not have to prove that you were sick. They did not have to prove that you were exposed to a communicable disease. They didn't have to prove anything. They could just issue this isolation or quarantine order to you and you, ha you had to comply. Um, <clears throat> there was no age restriction. So they could have done this to you, but they also could have done this to your child or your grandchild or your elderly grandparent. Uh, they literally could have been separating families um, and you had no say where you went. You, you couldn't choose, oh, I'll just stay in my house. Um, no, or, or, or you couldn't choose the facility that you went to. They got to choose whether you locked down in your house or you went to a specific facility and they got to tell you how long you stayed there. So there was no time restriction here. There, there were no, I mean, you could have been locked up or locked down for days, for weeks, for months. Hello and welcome to Make Language Create Again. Today, it is my tremendous joy and honor to welcome Bobby Ann Cox, who is a lawyer of uh, nearly 25 years of practice. And she's most well known for recently defeating our horrible New York State governor's isolation camp regulation. So... Oh, welcome, Bobby Ann. It is such a joy to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on today. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. And do you want to first say a few words about yourself, just your general background, what you were doing before before COVID happened? Sure, sure. Yes. Yeah. So um, I'm a New York attorney. I've been practicing, as you said, for about 25 years now. And um, before COVID, I was doing um, what's called property tax or shirari work, which is uh, basically representing property owners in New York State um, that were being unjustly or improperly assessed on their property taxes. Um, so I would go up against local municipalities, um, towns, villages, cities, um, school boards and such <clears throat> excuse me, in an attempt to get those property tax valuations lowered for my clients. Um, so when when COVID hit and, um, you know, our governor back then was Andrew Cuomo um, and he said, OK, you know, everybody, this was March of 2020, he said, OK, everybody lockdown, you know, we're going to stay in our homes. Uh, no one's going to go out. Uh, you know, only essential businesses can be open. And, and he picked and he, cho he chose who was essential and who wasn't. Um, you know, I just, I said, wait a second here. <laughs> you can't do this. You don't have this power. This is completely unconstitutional. So from the very get-go, I was really upset about what was going on, um, the government's response to everything regarding COVID. Um, and so I just, I started to speak out and let people know, you know, Hey, this is not legal. This, this is, this isn't, these are your rights. You know, this is what can happen. This is, shouldn't be happening. Um, and it just turned into people asking me to come speak in front of their groups. Um, so they could better understand what was going on. And, um, then eventually somebody in, in the end of 2021, somebody showed me this regulation, uh, the isolation and quarantine regulation that Governor Hochul and the Department of Health just kept pushing through as an emergency every couple months. 
And I read it and they said, oh, is this real? This is terrible. Like, look at this thing. And I read it and I said, unfortunately, it's real, but there's no way this is constitutional. Um, and and that's when I decided I had I had to sue. I had to strike it down because I knew it was a horrible violation of of the Constitution and of just basic human rights, really. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm so proud of you for doing that. And I would like to point out one thing is that we're talking about this. We're talking about legal matters, but also we're talking about the power of one human being to go against the monster and actually win with the power of the truth, which I think is amazing. You are such a beautiful example of that. So, yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes, it was um, it was a difficult task because I I was, you know, basically as a solo practitioner attorney, um, I have a small law office and um, I, I was doing the case by or I am doing the case by myself. Um, and so, you know, it, it takes more time, um, more energy, more resources if you just have one attorney working on it, as opposed to having a number of attorneys working on it together. Um, so, um, you know, it, it did take a, a lot of time. I had to do a lot of research. There was no other, um, re- really in this country, there was no other lawsuit uh, that was going up against quarantine facility regulation. Um, so there there wasn't already a lawsuit out there about this topic um, that I could just, you know, look at it and see, hey, how did this other attorney strike down the quarantine regulations? Um, so it was a lot of research, a lot of drafting and, um and yeah, I, I did it on my own and it was really, um, it, it was tough. I had to find, I knew I had to find New York state legislators to join the lawsuit in order to have standing to sue the governor and the Department of Health. Um, so even even that process of reaching out to the various New York state legislators and seeing, um, you know, who would be willing to come on the case, um, that also took a lot of time and energy and resources because, um you know, it was, I spoke to many who, who were not interested in coming on the case. Um, you know, it, so it, it did take a while to pull the case all together and get it moving. But once it was moving, um, you know, ultimately we, we won. So um, the court did strike it down and say that it was unconstitutional, illegal, and, and the court has forbidden the Department of Health and Governor Hochul from enforcing that regulation. This this is amazing. And as your fellow New Yorker, well, the state of New York, at least I, I am. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you. So um, for anybody that's not familiar with this regulation, basically what it said was that the Department of Health could pick and choose which New Yorkers they could lock up or lock down. Um, and that meant they could lock you down in your home or they could have removed you from your home and put you into a facility of their choosing, um, they did not have to prove that you were sick. They did not have to prove that you were exposed to a communicable disease. They didn't have to prove anything. They could just issue this isolation or quarantine order to you and you ha- you had to comply. Um, <clears throat> there was no age restriction. So they could have done this to you, but they also could have done this to your child or your grandchild or your elderly grandparent. Uh, They literally could have been separating families um, and you had no say where you went. You you couldn't choose, oh, I'll just stay in my house. Um, No, Or, or, or you couldn't choose the facility that you went to. They got to choose whether you locked down in your house or you went to a specific facility and they got to tell you how long you stayed there. 
So there was no time restriction here. There, there were no, I mean, you could have been locked up or locked down for days, for weeks, for months. There was absolutely no restriction at all. Um, they also put in this regulation that they could use local law enforcement to enforce their orders. So you could have gotten a knock on your door and it could have been, you know, the sheriff or the local police or whoever saying, oh, sorry, you have to come with me. You know, we have this order of isolation for you. Um, and the other thing was that they put in there that uh, there, there was a provision of if you don't comply, um, you, you, in essence, could be subject to fines and and like criminal procedures. So so here you have law abiding citizens uh, going through their daily lives and you could literally be plucked from your daily life for no reason at all with no proof against you and either locked down in your house or thrown into a detention facility that, that the state gets to choose. And another provision in there said they could tell you what you could and couldn't do while you were in lockdown or in lock up. So if you think about that, that's very broad language. They could have told you, you know, what to eat, when to eat. They could have told you when to sleep or if you couldn't sleep. Uh, they could have taken your cell phone. They could have cut off your Internet access. Um, they could have told you what medications you had to take or couldn't take. I mean, the language was so broad, it gave them just tremendous power. So um, it, it was it was deemed unconstitutional. It was deemed illegal. It's a breach of separation of powers, which just means, you know, we have three branches of government. We have the executive branch, which is where the governor sits and, and the Department of Health, all the departments. Then you have the legislative branch which is the branch that makes the laws. That's our, our New York state senators and our New York state assembly members. And then you have the ju judicial branch, which is the courts and the judges and such. So this was a breach of separation of powers because what they did was the executive branch is supposed to enforce laws, but here they actually made a law and then they were trying to, you know, say, well, it's a regulation. No, it, it, it was being called a regulation, but it was not a regulation. It was it was a law. That is stunning. And, you know, I would like to really emphasize one of the things that you said. So let's say somebody's in New York uh, completely uh, believing the government, because there, there are many people like that, especially in New York, law obedient, good hearted citizens. They did everything they were asked to do. They got all the shots. They locked down. They did everything without doubt. Right. And then one day somebody can knock on their door and take their child or their elderly parent and take take that person to the isolation camp. So is it correct? Uh, yeah, they, they didn't have to prove anything. So so the government didn't have to say, oh, you know, uh, we think you have, you know, tuberculosis uh, or, you know, we think you have monkeypox or they didn't have to prove anything. They could just issue an isolation order or a quarantine order without proving anything. Um, and, you know, we do have a law in New York State. We've had it for like 70 years already. Um, we have a law. It's Section 2120 of the Public Health Law. And it says, here's what you do if, if there is somebody who's a public health threat, right? This is how you put them into quarantine. And it has many steps that you have to take in order to achieve that goal. But those steps are put in there with protections so that the government doesn't abuse that power. So, for example, with this law that we've had for 70 years, it says step number one is the 
person has to actually have the disease that you think they have, right? So you can't just make it up and say, well, we think maybe you were exposed to COVID-19 or maybe you were exposed to tuberculosis because you, you were in a crowd of people and we know, you know, half the people in that crowd had that disease. No, there was no requirement in that regulation that the government prove that you had a communicable disease or that you were even exposed to a communicable disease. So it was basically this regulation that they created conflicted directly with this law that we have. So you can't, agencies, the governor, they can't make regulations and rules that conflict with the laws that we already have in New York state. And, and they can't make ones that, that conflict with the constitution either. So this is why the judge struck this down. Well, so now what? Because from what I understand, they're saying they're going to appeal. Yes. So um, the judge ruled in our favor uh, early July. And then within a week, uh, the attorney general's office filed a notice of appeal. Um, So the attorney general is who represents the governor and the Department of Health. Um, And Yeah. So she files a notice of appeal, which basically says, you know, we intend to appeal this decision. Um, uh, Now, they haven't actually filed the appeal papers yet. But if you if you notice, we are about to come up on Election Day here on November 8th. So um, I think it's it's probably a political tactic that they haven't actually filed the appeal yet. Um, So, you know, a lot of New Yorkers don't know about this regulation a lot of New Yorkers don't know that the governor and the attorney general want to appeal this decision. Um, so it, it's really important that voters hear about this before Election Day. Um, it doesn't matter what political party you are. You know, if you're a Democrat, an independent, a Republican, a conservative, it doesn't matter. This is not about politics. This is about basic human rights. Um, you know, in the United States of America, we do not lock people up for no reason uh, with with no way to get out. What I mean by that is when we were having oral arguments in front of the judge, the judge actually asked the attorney general's office. He said, you know, if you if you have a family and you've taken them you know, out of their home, you've put them into a quarantine, you know, a hospital or a facility. Um, once they're in there, how do they get out? And there was a pregnant pause. And then finally, uh, the attorney who was representing the the attorney general's office said, well, the family could hire a lawyer and they could sue. So that that proves that that regulation the governor and the Department of Health made had no due process. There was no way for you to get out of isolation or quarantine once they put you in there, which is completely illegal, right? So uh, it, it was really, it on many levels, it, it was a horrible regulation, completely illegal, unconstitutional. And so, you know, thank goodness that the judge had the, had the fortitude and the courage to, uh, to rule properly in this case. Um, we had Judge Ron Plotz, um, New York State Supreme Court in, in Cattaraugus County, um, and he was fabulous. His decision is, is terrific. And um, we have it posted on our website if anybody wants to read the decision or wants to read the regulation itself. Um, 
the citizens group that's involved with the case made a web page specifically about the lawsuit. Um, and it's www.unitingnys.com slash lawsuit. Um, and there's a lot of information there. You can read the judge's decision. You can read the regulation itself. Um, there are photographs from a press conference that we had when we launched this lawsuit back in April. Um, also on the lawsuit, besides uniting New York State, um, is a group of New York State legislators, Senator George Borello, Assemblyman Chris Taig, Assemblyman Mike Lawler. Um, they're actually plaintiffs on the case. And then um, there's another group of legislators who wrote an amicus brief to support our case. Um, and that was authored by Assemblyman Andy Goodell. And it was signed on to by Joseph Giglio, who's an Assemblyman up, up in that Western New York area. And then also um, Assemblyman Will Barkley, who's the ranking Republican in the New York State Assembly. So, um, you know, we had support. It, it was, their amicus brief was really terrific. Um, as authored by Assemblyman Goodell. So um, it, it was really a strong decision. And uh, I, I'm, I'm actually shocked that the attorney general and the governor, I mean, the fact that Governor Hochul wants to appeal this, by the way, they use our tax dollars to do this, right? So they're going to fund an appeal which is going to take, you know, tens of thousands of dollars, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars, to fight to try and get this decision overturned. And that's your money that they're using, right? So um, it, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm shocked. I mean, how could you possibly want isolation and quarantine camp facilities in, in New York when, when you have absolutely no due process built up? It, it's just, it's shocking. It, it really is. It is absolutely shocking. And, you know, I have a small personal story because I was actually at some point in a completely different context. I was four people knocked on my door and took me to a well immigration facility. It was used. It, it was a horrible story. I had an abusive husband who was a lawyer who set me up. But I went through the experience of going from a normal citizen with everything fine to being an animal with no rights. So that speaks to me so much. And I hope that nobody has to go through that because I, I'm just thinking about the shocker of a law-abiding citizen who completely believed everything they were told. That they went all the way in, they got the shots, even if they had doubts. I mean, like, but they, they did everything they were asked to do. And then one day somebody shows up and takes their child away. And then they're completely in scrambles. I mean, that's just a horrifying thought. And I really hope. I really hope that nobody, nobody has to go through that. And that's regardless of politics or views or agreements or disagreements. It is just such a horrible experience. And yeah, no, absolutely. The, the um, when I was first researching this regulation, um, the end of 2021 and early 2022, um, you know, I was talking about it with some other attorneys and I was trying to, you know, encourage them to to, you know, help me. Why don't we do this lawsuit together? Um, and most of them just thought, well, you have to wait until the government starts actually pulling people out of their homes and throwing them into the camps before you can sue. You know, you need to wait until there's injuries so that somebody has standing. And I said, there's no way I'm going to wait until these people are grabbing citizens out of their homes and, and tossing them into facilities or camps or whatever you want to call them um, with no due process. I said, there's no way. Um, so I had to 
figure out a different way to approach the lawsuit. And, um, and that's when, when I came up with the idea, let's do separation of powers and argue that, well, this is a power that's supposed to be with the legislature. This is not a power that is with the governor or, or her department of health. And so the governor took the power and the Department of Health, they took the power from the legislators. And that was the basis of, of the lawsuit. And um, yeah, and thankfully, you know, Senator, I, really, I mean, Senator George Borrello, Assemblyman Chris Taig, Assemblyman Mike Lawler. I mean, those guys, in my mind, those guys are heroes. I mean, they stood up for the people. They put their names out there. They did press releases. They did a press conference. You know, they, they were very vocal about it. Um, and then this whole other group that that wrote the amicus brief, you know, I mean, Assemblyman Goodell, Assemblyman Joseph Giglio, Assemblyman Will Barkley, you know, these guys are standing up for the Constitution. They're standing up for New Yorkers. They're standing up for basic human rights. You know, those are the kinds of people when we go to the polls on November 8th, those are the kinds of people we want to vote back into office, right? We want to get rid of the ones who don't support the Constitution, who don't support basic human rights. Um, this is a really important election on November 8th. It's We have not just Governor Hochul who's running for election. We also have the Attorney General, Letitia James. She wants another four years. Obviously, she does not comply with the Constitution. If For her to have defended this case, and they fought me tooth and nail, and then now that I've won, for them to file a notice that they want to appeal it, you know, I mean, clearly you're not following the Constitution. Um, and and she's up for election. We have um, Michael Henry is running against her. And um, as everybody knows, Lee Zeldin is running against uh, Kathy Hochul for governor. Um, and then all the New York State senators and all the New York State Assembly members are all up for election on November 8th. So, you know, we have the opportunity to really wipe the slate clean here in New York we just need to get voters to know what's going on behind their backs so that they'll actually go out and vote on November 8th. The Citizens Group Uniting New York State has, um, as I mentioned, they have the website that has all this information about the quarantine camp lawsuit. Um, and they also do a weekly newsletter that people can sign up for. It's it's free. Um, if you just go to unitingnys.com, um, you can sign up there. And every week they do an email blast a newsletter. And in there, they do have names of candidates that they're supporting because they feel that they are people that are standing up for the citizens and standing up, honoring the Constitution. Um, but everybody should do their homework. Everybody should really dig a little bit on, on candidates and, and the politicians who are in office now and see, look at the, the ones that are in office, look up their voting history you know, see what kind of bills they've proposed or supported over the past two years. You know, you want to see who you're voting for. Don't just vote blindly because your friend told you to, or, you know, your family member told you to, or, or you know, CNN told you to, you know, you have to do your homework. It's really important. And I have another question. You recently wrote about an attack on parental rights. So, the specific bill. And that is also stunning. So do you want to talk about it? Yes, I can mention that now. Um, so I wrote a, I have a Substack, which is um, anyone not familiar with Substack, it's an online blog portal. So um, 
I this summer started doing a, a Substack, which people can look me up. It's attorneycox.substack.com. And um, my most recent article, I did write about a bill which is currently uh, proposed in the New York State Assembly. And um, it's called, well, the bill number is A9963. And basically what it is, is it would allow children, minor children, to pick what type of medical procedures they want to have and they don't need parental consent. And not only do they not need parental consent, according to this bill, but the parents, if you want to find out what your child is doing, medically speaking, um, the providers don't have to tell you unless your minor child gives them permission to tell you. So, and when I say medical procedures, that could mean anything. The language is very broad in this bill. So um, it could be, you know, someone asked me, well, does that include like, you know, if the child wants to have like a sex change or, you know, hormone blockers, or I said, it, it's anything. It's very broad language. And it's not just medical. They say mental health. They say dental. I mean, it's, it's anything with their body. Um, so this bill really extinguishes parental rights. Um, all of a sudden, if this bill passes and becomes a law, parents will not have a say in medical procedures that their minor child, that means under the age of 18, undergoes. And parents, you get to pay for it still. They'll, they'll bill your insurance company for it. But even the insurance company, when they bill you, they weren't, they're not allowed, according to this bill, they're not allowed to tell you what you're paying for. So it, it, it's horrific. And, and if there is no parents, if there's no um, insurance involved, then, you know, the taxpayers pay for it. So um, it, it, it's, it's an astonishing bill. It's being proposed by um, six current New York State Assembly members. Uh, one of them is local here near me. Her name is Amy Paulin. She's here in Westchester County, which is where I'm based. Um, and then there are uh, the other five are from New York City. And um, yeah, and they are proposing this. So there are six of them so far that are behind this and they're proposing this and they're they're pushing for this. Um, so everybody should check out that Substack article because I list the names of all of the assembly members, those six who are pushing this. And um, I also list in there the names of the candidates who are running against them for November 8th. Um, so everybody can look them all up and everybody can do their homework and see who they'd like to vote for on November 8th. Um, but surely, you know, this is the kind of stuff that we need voters to hear about because if people don't know what's being proposed, um, then how can they possibly use their voice and their power of voting to do the right thing? So, you know, people should take the link to this, this podcast and they should post it all over the place. They should let people know what's going on before November 8th, before it's too late. Um, take the link to my Substack article, post that around. Send it out to your friends in your chat groups or post it on your social media or send it out in an email blast to your friends or your contacts. 
um, and let them know, hey, check this out. Did you know this was going on? Um, it's so important. We have to raise awareness because the mainstream media is not covering any of this. They're not covering bill a nine, nine, six, three. They're not covering my quarantine camp lawsuit. And the fact that the governor now wants to appeal, I mean, they're not covering it. So we have to spread the word, you know, the old fashioned way, word of mouth, right? (laughs) Well, they're rather covering it up. I would say they're not covering it. They're covering it up. And that is, (laughs) I, I, I agree with you. And just once again, I want to express my utter gratitude to, for everything you're doing and you're such a beautiful human being. So before we wrap up, is there anything that you want to talk about, anything specific that you want to mention, any call to action? Yeah, so a call to action would be great. Um, if, if people will go to the website I mentioned earlier, uh, unitingnys.com, slash lawsuit. There's actually a list of things there of that things that people can do to get involved. Um, The number one thing, as I just mentioned before, is helping to spread the word about this. And, um, you know, if you know, other podcasters, if you know someone who is a newspaper reporter, or a TV journalist, or um, a blogger, or a social media influencer, you know, if you know somebody in media, reach out to them, tell them about the quarantine camp reg, tell them about the lawsuit, have them cover the story. This is how we we need to spread the word. We only have, you know, less than four weeks until election day. Um, People can get involved by, uh, we're having a fundraiser event on October 29th. Um, It'll be in person up in Western New York. It's in the Rock. Chester area. Um, But for anybody that's not in that area, you can also join through Zoom. Um, And we're going to have speeches. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be speaking about the quarantine lawsuit um, and and some other things as well that are going on. Um, Senator George Borrello, who's the lead plaintiff on the case, is going to be there. He's going to be speaking. Um, We're going to have Mayor Deb Rogers, who's a mayor up in that Rochester area. Um, The name of her town is uh, Williamsville. And she was standing up against this quarantine camp regulation when it first came out. She'll be there. She'll be speaking. So um, if people can join in on that, that's that's the 29th of October. It's a Saturday afternoon. Um, you can register for that on unitingnys.com. Um, people can also get involved by spreading. We have on that same webpage, um, we have actual social media flyers uh, about the quarantine camp reg and then the lawsuit and then the appeal. So people can just go on the website and download those flyers and just post them around on their social media, or you can print them out. You can actually print them and then just hand them out when you go to an event um, or pin them up at you know, your local library or wherever they have those public bulletin boards. Um So there are a lot of things people can do. Um, We also have a donate button on that page. I'm doing the case pro bono. um, So any donations are are greatly appreciated. Um, So yeah, there there are a lot of ways to get involved. If people check out um, unitingnys.com slash lawsuit, there's a whole list of things that people can do there to get involved. That is beautiful and very helpful. And once again, unitingnys.com slash lawsuit. So everybody should go there. And once again, I would like to emphasize the power of one person's courage, because I think so many people are overwhelmed and they're feeling that, oh, you know, they're just doing it. There's nothing I can do. And that's understandable. 
but you are such a wonderful example of one person standing up and actually winning. So thank you for that. Yes, thank you so much. I, I really hope it encourages people to get involved. Um, you know, I was doing a, a podcast interview a month or so ago, and um, the podcast host had put up a picture of um, JFK. And um, she she thought that this quote was something that he said. And she said, you know, this reminds me of you. And she had a picture of JFK and um, the quote, which apparently uh, she said was was attributed to him. And it says, um, one person can make a difference and everyone should try. So I just found that very powerful. Um, and, and I hope that it motivates people that are watching this podcast now um, to, to stand up and to do something. And like I said, if you're wondering, well, what can I do to help? You know, I'm not, not a lawyer. Or you don't have to be a lawyer. Just, you know what? Go to the website, unitingnys.com slash lawsuit and, and take a look at the list. There's a whole list of things there that you could do to help out and get involved. So, um, you know, it's really, it's, I hope it's inspiring uh, for people to to take action and do something, especially because we have Election Day coming up in just a couple of weeks here. Uh, thank you, Bobby Ann. Uh, thank you for being a guest on my podcast. But also, most importantly, thank you for all you do. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tess. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. My joy.